0: Hey everybody and welcome to Healthy Discourse, it's Emily here and Dr. Wiggy and we are um, currently in Sullivan's Island, South Carolina as we are recording this. Each year we go on a belated anniversary trip while our kids are visiting my parents in Western Maryland and it is, we come here fairly often for this trip. And it's always crazy hot, but today the heat index—the heat index was Stop. over 110 degrees—and we loved it. We spent lots of time on the beach. Um, have entered my third trimester of pregnancy, so I'm very hot-natured, which is very abnormal for me. But we survived. We did. We spent a lot of time on the beach. Even with my bronze skin, I think I might have gotten a little sunburn. We don't wear a lot of sunscreen in case you thought otherwise, so <laughs> <laughs> at least I don't. Uh,
1: not a whole lot.
0: No. Well, so we're going to do something different today, and we want to know if you guys like this or not. So we, fe- I feel like we talk about this like really heavy stuff all the time, and we want our listeners to know us and understand us as real people and that kind of thing, and so we thought we would do... Kind of like an anniversary themed episode that's also, Q&A or something, yeah, like a Q&A where we're just going to ask each other questions. And we've not rehearsed this, so if it sounds like we aren't sure what to say, that's why we don't usually do much rehearsing anyway. No, we don't. However, uh, we really didn't today, so we're in our little tiny beach bungalow here. <laughs> and cooling off before we go to dinner, so we're like, well, we'll just record a podcast. So we're going to kind of go back in our history a little bit, which will maybe help you understand a little bit more who we are, but one of the things is, is I think sometimes just because we have a podcast doesn't mean that we're like, I don't know, intimidating or unapproachable or whatever you want to say, or like, I don't know, like, we a doctor, so that means something I don't really know but we are just that's just not who we are and so we just want to be open and honest and I always say like if I run into you at the grocery store after I've worked out and dropped my kids off at school I want you to think that like realize I'm like the same person all the time and so um, just transparency and vulnerability and being real are important to us and so Anyway, I talked a lot. Do you want to, am I asking you a question no, first?
1: We can start with a question, but I, I'll just <laughs> kind of keep going with that. Okay. You know, I do think authenticity is is lacking um, in our society, you know, for sure. And so I think that, especially in the age of social media, it's tough to really get to know uh, people, and I think there's a bit of a hesitation to be to be honest, uh, mm. to be Authentic to be your to to be your real self, uh, because I think opening yourself up to that sometimes can there can be some right some tension with that, or people that disagree with certain things, or that you know it, it's just it just does become challenging. But unless we're all able to be authentic and honest, then mm. that there's really no room for for discourse if you're just trying to put on a show yeah. or put on a put on a mask. And so I think it is important to try to. That's to be fair. open and transparent about and, it.
0: And just in life, too. Like, one of the things our dear friend and pastor says frequently, and one of the things that made me fall in love with our church many years ago, is the, the fact that you can only be loved to the extent that you're known. So just wrestle with that today. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and it's sure. true, because if people don't know you, they don't know what you struggle with. They don't know what inspires you. They don't know your you know, your history, the things that are challenging for you, all the things, and you can't be truly loved or sure. supported. So, sure. anyway.
1: So, maybe I, I thought of a question. I oh, think. okay, go ahead. So, yeah, to, you know, to that point, you can only be uh, loved to the extent that you're known. Mm. Um, and this is a pretty generic question, but what is something that people do not know about you? That could potentially influence the way that they see you.
0: Do not know about me. I mean, I'm not sure, but uh, do not know about me.
1: That could yeah, that could potentially
0: okay. influence
1: the way that they perceive you.
0: Um, I don't know. I mean, I think sometimes I think we're both told that we're. We come across as intimidating, and I don't really know why. Hmm. Um, because I think that's that almost makes me laugh because I'm like, What's well, intimidating? I'm really not sure. Um, gosh, that is hard.
1: That's okay. We can think of you wanna go first, too. You
0: go first since you asked the question.
1: Uh, well, I'd probably say for me is that and this, is, this has been some growth area for me, is that I, I am more natured towards being introverted. And so it is actually sometimes challenging for me to hold conversations with random people or with, you know, in a, in a crowd. Um, I would prefer to have, you know, more one-on-one conversations or really just to, to, be, to be at home uh, a lot of times. Uh, And so sometimes I think that could come across potentially as being a little bit withdrawn or, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know. Um, That's one thing that I do think.
0: Here's one thing, though. I mean, so Wig and I have been together for 21 years and married for 18. And that's one thing that sometimes you just blow me away, though, because I'm like, You'll, you are very intentional sometimes about putting yourself in situations that I know are not by nature your favorite Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, getting to know random people and that sort of thing. And I'm always like, wow, I know that's hard for him, but it's, it's always really fruitful too, Mm. though. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Sure. And I
1: think that's where it's interesting. You know, we've had discussions with some other people about how much can you change mm. over time. You know, and some people say that you really don't. You don't really change over time. You yeah, may change that. behaviors, but I think anything that that is a and I wouldn't say it's a weakness per se, but it's the way that you're kind of made. I do think you can strengthen those mm. weaknesses. So in those circumstances, yeah, putting ourselves in situations where you know we have to talk to people or we have you know big groups over. That that has to be an extroverted environment that when you when you stretch or strengthen that muscle, it mm-hmm. does tend to become easier over time. Maybe the nature doesn't really change a whole lot, but your ability to adapt to that
0: yeah. can potentially change. I don't know. So. I mean, I say all the time that I'm like a recovered type A because mm-hmm. I actually think that motherhood and lots of kids and lots of responsibility has changed my personality like a complete 180. Yeah. I mean, I just let so many things go now and it's like, oh, that's good enough. Like, and I, and, and type A, you know, typically you're so achievement driven. I'm really not like that at all anymore. Mm. I'm just kind of like, do, I mean, not, I mean, obviously best effort is always matters, but what, how you define that, I think changes a lot as far as, you know, what is the outcome that I'm basing this? Sure. On. And that has changed yeah, dramatically for me. And, and I would say just, just priorities and what's actually important. Have, I mean, so very different, you know, the whole, um, achievement oriented things that the world would define as important. Yeah. Most of those things just don't matter to me that much anymore. And the things that I would, Say matter for eternity, matter a whole lot more. So maybe that's the answer to your question. What would you say your
1: top priority is now?
0: Um, I think. I I mean, truly, I think just reflecting and sharing Jesus and whatever that looks like on a day-to-day basis. And that sounds like the, the church answer, but I, I really mean that like, um, and it, it looks a lot different than I think like it sounds. So I was just telling Liggy I've had a few opportunities over the last few days to really encourage people and, to feel like God was using that. And to me, that's just so encouraging back to me to feel poured out for things that matter mm-hmm. rather than, um, something that all the people are going to see. And like, you know, the, the, all of these situations just affect one person or one or two people. And so, but like, that's what matters most. That's where God is glorified and his people grow rather than, some grandiose thing that all the people see and is externally important rather than truly affecting and impacting someone's life. And so yeah,
1: I think you do, you do a great job with that. I know that's
0: well, thanks. I mean, you I do. And, and also I'll add, um, that is, and Wiggy knows this, maybe this is something people don't know. That's where the enemy attacks me the most too, is making me feel ineffective. And, I think that it's not exactly true ever. Um, obviously, we all go through seasons, long and short, where things are different. And um, being pregnant with a fifth child and <laughs> being very kind of focused on our own family and that kind of thing makes that feel a little distracting. But like I said, got I had several situations in the past three days where I'm like, wait, this is... That's such a lie. Yeah. You know, that's such a lie. And it's truly...
1: The devil's
0: a liar. Well, yeah, but it's truly the way that we just live day in and day out. It's not, again, about these, like, big things Mm -hmm. where you post this thing on social media. Oh, look what happened. It's just really about how the the way that you live, the way people see you live, the way that you love people while you live, and the way you encourage them that matters the most. So... Yeah. Um, That's good. Okay, so let's go all the way back, because um, that was a long time talking about your one question.
1: That no, was two questions.
0: Oh, was it? Mm-hmm. You asked two questions. Oh, I don't know. Um, okay, so let's talk about when you were in. So here's what you need to know: when we when Wiggy was in, we got married two weeks before he started medical school. So we did all that while we were married. And then he had to decide what he wanted to be when he grew up, which means you have to choose your residency specialty. And at the time, I think God was already calling him toward integrative medicine and something different. But of course, when you're in allopathic medicine and you don't have integrative medicine to choose from, you've got to kind of figure things out. And so talk to us about the your your journey of deciding to do what you felt called to do versus the most, quote, most competitive just because you could, because you have the test scores and all sure. of the things.
1: It was probably less described as a journey and more <laughs> described as a, as a battle. <laughs> That's um, okay. It really, it really was. That was probably one of the most... Um, unsettling times uh, for me, just because it, I couldn't, I couldn't really make a decision. That's and that's really, I think that's when you when you feel stuck is when I think it becomes so unsettling. So really, yeah, this, the situation was that, fortunately, through through med school, um, I did really well and uh, was near the top of the class and had uh, good test scores, and so I had. I had options, uh, which and sometimes can actually make it that much harder. Sure. Because um, having pretty much all options on the table, then you sometimes it's easier when you just have one or two choices. Um, so I had so much influence or so much pressure from so many different people and um, just different
0: mentors,
1: mentors, mm-hmm. and just anybody that would kind of tell me that I should do this or I should do that or. And basically what it come down, came down to is that everyone was generally pushing me, and, that, and this was an, an internal uh, struggle too, is that I should just choose something that is uh, highly competitive because it provides the highest income and the least amount of work. Mm-hmm. So that, that's generally how Some of the things feels. you were
0: considering require plenty of work, but that's okay. They, it yeah. was really income. Yeah. Ultimately.
1: Yeah, it's generally income and lifestyles is what it generally boils boils down to, and that's where the competitive fields are typically those better income, better lifestyle, and so and and I and I wanted you know to have better um, lifestyle, and I wanted to provide for our family, and so so those things did weigh heavily uh, on me, but all along I just didn't feel like it was the right any of those were the right answer, Mm. so I would you know, kind of go down one path, pursue it a little bit, and then it just didn't feel right. Then I would kind of go down another path, pursue that. It just didn't feel right. And uh, the problem was there. I didn't have enough time to really go down any of these paths fully to really figure mm-hmm. out if it's really what I want to do or not. Mm-hmm. So this was actually a, good, uh, a really important time for me spiritually, because um, I did pray more about this decision than probably many other decisions that uh, I've had to make kind of throughout my life. And so there was a lot of prayer. This was also when we were going to um, Maple Springs, and we had this we had this community of uh, a church that mm-hmm. were kind of helping also na- helping us navigate this and really emphasizing just keep praying about it. God will give you an answer, and 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 He did. So, you know, I really felt this was I'd say more of God's answer to this versus trusting your gut, but they kind of felt the same in some ways. Is that I, I knew that I wanted to do something more like integrative medicine where I'm, you know, with people, you know, for a, for a long period of time. I, I get to know them well. You know, I can really make a big impact uh, on their, on their lives kind of throughout the years. And, and I knew that wellness was more, was, was more uh, influential and had more of an impact than I would say sick care. So I just knew that I, I felt God was always calling me towards something like this, but I was, I was somewhat resistant in my flesh in a lot of ways because there were these other again, attractive things that said, sure. look, why don't you do this? So, you know, eventually I succumbed, um, thought, thought family medicine was the kind of best way to get there to this wellness or integrated integrative medicine, um, which just happened to be one of the least competitive, um, types of residencies um and and like i said thank god i did because i do feel like where I, where i am now is what i should be doing and I, I think god still has you know plans for for the practice and plans for for us and for continue to grow integrative medicine so i'm just so thankful
0: well there's two other things i would say happened during that time one is um it because the it would you up until then well i let me just say this back then this was what i don't know how many years ago it was it was a long, time, a long ago. time yeah um medicine was different it was still for sure a meritocracy and what that meant was you do the best you you know you get the shiny badge of the most competitive Mm -hmm. residencies and the most competitive places and that sort of thing. And I think this was one of our very first experiences walking together through not doing what everyone else says matters the most. Mm -hmm. And um, for me, I was just like banging my head against the wall because I was like, you have to decide because... They can see or they know how what where all you're applying and for what. Right. And so my fear was that they, that family medicine wasn't going to take Wiggy seriously because it was the last thing he interviewed for, and he had interviewed for these other specialties that were far more competitive. And I was like, this is going to mess everything up, and you're going to end up not matching. But I think it was good for me in that it was like um, trusting a process of of growing and deciding things in a different way than the linear approach that my now retired type a self was always Mm -hmm. kind of trying to do and so i think that that those two things just kind of going against the grain and realizing that all decisions in life aren't linear Mm -hmm. were both really helpful and that was one of the first times i think that like in the end we were like okay well we did this differently and it look how it worked out you know and so that was um versus kind of following everyone's expectation as these kind of two high achievers or whatever you want to say so yeah that's interesting yeah okay so we're going to end this soon and if you got okay i want to know if you like this because if so we will do more episodes like this around other life issues. So I actually have two other questions.
1: So I can well, I'll, let me ask your que- okay. question back to you. Is okay. That, um, what's and this was similar to what you what you asked me, but what was what was one of the hardest decisions you've had to make in the past eighteen years? Um,
0: Since we've been married. Okay, so I mean, I think the most obvious one that I was just telling the story the other day. Um, so, what you might not know is I was our primary breadwinner for a long time. Um, medical school and residency are a long time,
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and I'm fortunate for, we're fortunate that that happened because I had a really good job and I worked really hard outside of that job doing extra things like personal training and even spray yeah. tanning. Um, and that really helped us financially during that time and allowed us to make choices that um, helped us to be less strapped to debt, I should say, I guess I would say sooner in making decisions that we were able, we had more flexibility, I think, than a lot of people going through medical school and residency because of the decisions we made and because of I was very frugal back then and, um, and we really, and I had a really good job, um, back to my type, a my recovered type a, I was in different types of sales through all that time and commission drove me greatly. So, um, the hardest decision because of all that and my drive and wanting to feel quote important and, um, Kind of growing up when I did going to Wake Forest when we did as a female and then I don't know just all this influence around me. Um, I was supposed to go back to work when our first son was eight weeks old. That I made up that date. That was not my boss. Was like you do whatever you want. I only wanted to take eight weeks off and. um as a first time mom, that was a lot more, it was much more challenging than what I had imagined. And uh, I was supposed to go back part time working from home at when he was eight weeks old. And right before that happened, uh, one of our mentors at our old church who led our young adults ministry. Preached at our church one time. I don't know that he ever preached. I think he went into ministry after that, but I'm not sure. But he preached a message on God's will. I have zero, I have no idea what he said. Literally no clue. But we left, and I was just like in tears the whole day. And I I just, it just wrecked me. And I told Wiggy, I was like, I need to quit my job. (laughs) He was like, what? You Mm -hmm. love your job. And I was like, I know. I'm, I need to yeah. quit it.
1: Yeah. And
0: um, so I put in my... I didn't even really put in a notice because I wasn't working. I offered to put in a notice, and my boss was like, it's fine. You can just be a stay-at-home mom, <laughs> which uh, was really, really actually, actually harder for me. Uh, it probably would have been mentally easier for me to go back to work, which mm. sounds weird. But... Um, and i had to figure out then what is my purpose now and what does this look like and i, I tell the women this all the time i was telling wiggy earlier um, i do believe in the in the and in, in, i think it's true and this is for men and women but especially for women especially during the years of raising kids that we can we can do all the things we can pursue all the opportunities, but we can't do it all at once. Mm -hmm. And, um, now, you know, getting ready to have our fifth child, I'm once again in a place where I'm reevaluating my time and my commitments and all of that. But that was the first time that I really had to do that and kind of take a step aside from this is what I've always done and this is who I've always been and allow some, discomfort and making decisions based upon something different than just this is what everyone expects and this is what everyone does. And at the time I, I didn't have any stay at home mom friends, Mm. all of my friends, all of our friends had kind of gone back to work and whatever. So God truly blessed me through that. I have friends that I met. literally a couple weeks after that I started this mom group of like, I just like showed up at a park. That was when meetup was Mm. a thing. And I like, I I taught a fitness class to other new moms. We were all in the state. Nobody knows what they're doing. Like we're all just like, yeah, I just had this baby. I don't really know what I'm doing. And so several of those people are still my dear, dear Mm -hmm. friends. Um, In fact, Taryn, who works with me, who does so much behind the scenes, she was one of the people I met during that season, and um, just several super close friends still, and I'm like, this is such a sweet gift, And, and also that work situation, I feel like spiritually I had outgrown it with some of the things I feel like I was expected to compromise, and I'm grateful for that. That I was willing to grow out of that. You should also know that Wiggy had only been out of his residency for like six months at that time, and so it was just a huge time of transition for Big us. Deal. Yeah. Sorry, that was a really long answer, but it's okay. yeah. All right, so um, we can do this more based upon like current events, things that keep us up at night, that kind of thing. We want you guys to tell us if you like it. That
1: could be interesting, current events.
0: I do oh yeah. We We definitely <laughs> we have and I on that. <laughs> We and <laughs> I spend our evenings talking about current events. And it's really good. It's great relationship building. If you're not already doing that, you should. Um, and but I do want to ask you, because this is what people ask you all the time. Okay. What are you most excited and or nervous about being a girl dad for the first time ever.
1: Well, the nervous part is I, I just don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> so, I do feel pretty comfortable raising boys at this point. Yeah. You know, I mean, part of it is just when you're a boy, you kind of know how to raise boys. So, but I, I think I've, I've kind of figured out, and there's, of course, there's a wide variety among our boys. You know, they each need something a little different. So, mm-hmm. but I, very I've kind of figured, I think i figured them out for the most part. So, you know, having a little girl is just going to be a completely different ball game, and and so that's the the nervous part, and then also the exciting part because it is completely new and and different. Um, I mean, what I'm looking forward to the most, and I think I, I was talking about this with you earlier, is that I'm just looking forward to um, being the the one that can help her see her self worth, um, and so that's. You know, I think that is an important job as a dad to help your little girls understand that they are so valuable, so precious, and deserve to be taken care of, uh, deserve to be loved, and deserve to be protected. Yeah. And so I'm looking forward to being an example of a man for her that hopefully someday she can find in a husband. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's a lot of pressure, but I do, I, I take that responsibility very seriously. And I'm, I'm very excited about that possibility.
0: Well, I mean, I think on that note, like <laughs> I grew up a fairly girly girl and I kind of feel the same way. Like I've kind of resigned myself to like, okay, I know how to be a boy mom now. I never thought I would be. And now I've done it times four and I'm growing in that every day, but like, I know I, I know how to do this. I know what they need from me, generally.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and then, and arguably, I think that this experience, even for them, is going to... Because Wiggy sets a great example for them about how to be a strong and courageous man. And I want to set an example for them about... I want them to see in me characteristics that they want to see in a wife someday and so that that calls me to a higher like you know to to be what I hope for them to be to you and um and then the way that you treat me of course that's an example for them all the time but this is kind of like switching out their roles and it's so interesting like I just never thought that this would be our I just said Like, this is it. Like, this is wonderful. I love it. I get it now. It's all great. And then here we are. So
1: that's exciting. I
0: feel a lot of the same things. I'm like, gosh, like, I love girl stuff, but I don't ever like I'm going to be able to do these things with my own daughter. Like, it's going to be so bizarre. So uh, it's still very surreal, I think, for both of us, but for sure. We were just even like there were little girls on the beach today, and we're like, "Oh my gosh, like this is gonna be real." So mm-hmm. anyway, all right. Well, once again, let us know if you like these Q and A style podcasts, and we'll do more specific to any topics that are of interest. So um, anyway, thank you so much for joining us and tuning in as always, and we always enjoy getting to know you as well so let us know what questions or comments you have and we always appreciate your reviews on whatever listening pod listening platform you listen on and please make sure to subscribe and follow us as well have a great one thank you